GHQ Radio with Alan McGee. This is GHQ Radio podcast. I'm Alan McGee. Uh, my guest today is the brilliant, brilliant musician and lyricist uh, James McGregor of the Clockworks. This is Bills and Pills. into Charlie. Charlie is a speed freak. David likes to dabble, but he's scared to be in trouble. Jack smoking is chronic. I swear Matt's an alcoholic. Karen turns the pills when the bills turn into double. Hannah's into Charlie. Charlie is a speed freak. David likes to dabble, but he's scared to be in trouble. Jack smoking is chronic. I swear Matt's an alcoholic. Karen turns the pills when the bills turn into double. But the bills keep coming, so the pills keep coming. The bills keep coming, so the pills keep coming. Good afternoon, this is GHQ Podcast and uh, today uh, I've got my favourite Irish band in a long time. Uh, it's a band for Galway, uh, they came over to London almost two years ago, just under two years ago uh, and they're called The Clockworks and it's uh, my friend and uh, the, the the guy that writes the lyrics is going, going crazy about at the moment, James McGregor. How you doing? How you doing, McGee? Yeah, rocking, man, rocking, James. And uh, I, I've been, I listened to you this morning actually on that other podcast for the guy for Galway. It was really good listening. Oh actually. yeah, yeah, that was great. So I, I feel as if like I'm going to ask you quite deep, interesting questions this time because I've got to know you a wee bit more again. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, right. That's so, good. That's good. Yeah, right. So, so just to GHQ massive, just to let you know. Uh, I signed Clockworks. Uh, they sent me an Instagram message, and uh, you know we started working with each other in like February two thousand and nineteen, uh, and it's been pretty glorious. Uh, it seems, James, that the band there's a build on the band. I mean, people uh, there's suddenly, especially the last month, there just seems to be an awful lot of interest now. Do you know what I mean? Mm, yeah, it's hard to get. <laughs> 
it's hard to get like a, a good feel for it when you're in the band. In it, do you know what I mean? Yeah, I get yeah, it. Yeah. I but, how I know, I was at a gig. I was. Did you see that cast? A yeah, live yeah. stream. That looked good, actually. Right. That looked great. There was a wee drunk Irish guy about two or three rows in front of me and he spotted me and he was annoying everybody because he was in the view of the live stream, right? But at one point <laughs> he turns around and goes, Clockworks, pills and pills. <laughs> no. <laughs> no way. That random stuff tells you a lot, to be honest. Do you know what I mean? Because you know, he wasn't shouting at me Oasis, he was shouting at me Clockworks. That is great. Do you know that what is mean? great. So that it is, is just what you want to hear. Yeah, yeah, it's the it's the mad stuff, James. Do you know what I mean? You know, but um, yeah, it, it was an interesting podcast. But you, so you just like we'll just go back into your childhood. You you were brought up in England, went back to Galway for Irish parents at eleven or twelve, and that's when you really started getting your head around the music thing, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I played uh, violin in in primary school in England. Yeah, yeah. And I, ne- I was never really into it. Yeah. But I loved music, but I was never into the violin. And yeah. came over here, and my dad played guitar, played yeah. guitar and bass. Yeah. And he gave me a guitar and a, just a little piece of paper with a few chords on it. Yeah. He said, take a look at those and uh, see what you think. Yeah. And anyway, that started a sort of, I don't know, decade-long, probably more, uh, obsession with guitar. Yeah. You know, I was just I was immediately hooked on it. It was like this is what I've been looking for, yeah. And this is what the violin just wasn't for whatever reason. Maybe it was how I was learning it or whatever the association yeah. I had with it. But the guitar just felt right, and then I was playing guitar uh, just in my room, you know, doing whatever, learning off probably Sweet Child of Mine and stuff like that. Yeah, and, yeah, uh, yeah. Eventually, yeah, I came to sort of writing songs. Yeah. It's a different thing, and that felt, and then that was another kind of like this feels. This is what I should have been doing with the guitar this whole yeah. time. Is uh, you know what I mean? That felt right because it was like uh, it feels, I've always loved words and stuff, Joe. It feels, James, that um, you are actually. I mean, I mean, I think as a lyricist, you're of that new generation of bands, you're the best one by quite a long way. But um, but it seems like you're getting actually the recognition for it as well. When people are going, oh, they've got amazing words. Do you know what I mean? You know, and that, that's fantastic. You know. Yeah, it's nice to hear, man. It's really yeah. nice to hear when people uh, say, say nice things like that. Yeah. Yeah, no, there's there people are people are coming round to it. Do you know the bit and uh, when you go my Wonderwall cover and I didn't believe it or not until I listened to that podcast this morning of one of the bloke for Galway, right? I didn't even know that's what you were saying. Do you know that? It's, it's even funny. Really? That's that I, I signed you on the basis of that song and you were going, yeah, I've always, I've always thought of that, six man. Strike, do you know what I mean? Yeah, I've always, I've, that, that's always, uh, since since the first time when you heard Bills and Bills yeah. and you loved it, I always thought it's funny. It's like ironic or whatever that uh, I didn't even know. song with that lyric in it. I didn't yeah, even. That's mad, that's mad. I didn't even know, man. Do you know about uh, but yeah, I mean, I mean, to, you you did the band in Galway, which I love Galway. When I went, that was bloody great. Even though I just right. caught the coronavirus at the time, um, but it looked amazing. Um, and you kind of conquered there. You got to the 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 big venue in your your town in the west of Ireland, and then you came, and then really it was kind of mad because you got you kind of cooked up with me within about a week, what didn't you? It's crazy. Yeah. Uh, it was a week, 10 days, I think. Yeah. Crazy. Totally crazy. Um, we were chatting to you within about 10 days. Um, 
I think I, I, I can't remember exactly how it happened, but I think I'd seen um, an interview with you. Yeah. And Sean had seen an interview with you separately. Yeah. Uh, in the first week or two. Yeah. And I think that got us both talking about you. And you were saying like, oh, music still alive, rock or guitar music still alive and well and all this. Yeah, it is. I was like, this, this guy is. seems to fucking like me. Like we obviously knew who you were. Yeah. From as as ever as like I've said a few times to anyone who who asks that uh, you know, I read your book and everything. Yeah, Sean I did too. Yeah, back yeah, 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 in yeah. 2001, 2017, 18. So like we're we're fans. And then I was like, and he seems to still fucking see yeah. see that there yeah, are bands like, out there. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So we're like, John, we have to get back onto him. Yeah. Sean got onto you and. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was great. It was fucking great. Yeah. Well, the thing about the, the, the clockworks at THQ Massive, and this is the truth, and this is a total compliment, might not sound it. They, 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 they're more hustly than I am. And that's how they got a record deal. That's how they've got the big agent. And that's how they've now got the big manager, Peter Katsis. Because you basically hustled everybody and you made it happen. And unless people do that shit, James. You ain't going anywhere, baby. You have to. As much as you can be about the art and the music, you have to be about the about the business as well. It's crazy. Mm. But the, the, you, and that you guys have, you got you don't rest, and I know that about you. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, do you know David Boyd. I can't remember the exact quote, but uh, I remember seeing him say once something to the effect of, um, "When I'm making music, when I'm writing music, I'm all music, and when I'm selling music, I'm all business." Yeah. No, sorry. When I'm writing music, I'm all yeah, artist. I've and when seen I'm that comment. All business. That's great. Yeah, yeah. That's great. No, I, I great, mean, yeah. David Bowie. I mean, is incredible. Do you know what I mean? You know, it's like, oh, a, yeah. You know, I mean, it's like a standard bearer for like so much. Do you know what I mean, he means more. I think, you know, to, to my generation, the punk generation, than the Beatles or the, the Stones do. Really, to be honest, because I think wow. he was uh, our guy. You know, he was the punk generation's pop star. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I think you're right in the sense in uh, in saying that he represents so many different things as well. Yeah. You know, it's like yeah. um, hard work, like work ethic or yeah. creativity, taking risks, yeah. um, being a hustler, you know, um, he, even... He like was his, a hustler, James. James, I tell you what yeah. he'd done back in the day. He, and I know actually even why he'd done it, but he did the... He raised... He raised 40 or 50 million against his catalogue. Do you know what I mean? You know, you know, on future royalties. That's all that's happening now when people at Hypnosis, I don't know if you know who that is, are buying up people's old publishing catalogues and right, people right, are right. selling it. It's the same deal. Boy did that in 1992 or something like that. Really a long time ago. And I think that's him all over, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I mean, there was even a boy credit card at one point, which that that I don't think that was his coolest move. But but yeah, he he leveraged his publishing catalog. Uh, I think he, I think he sold. I think he's he got about fifty million for it against the royalties. Crazy, totally crazy. Wow, yeah, wow. I mean, and, uh, he, uh, but even even like in terms of in terms of music, like you know, he was. One one of the people who knew Velvet Underground when when they were still around. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, he knew no, he totally. knew the Stooges and loved them. Yeah. Not only knew them, but he he caught them and thought they were great. Yeah. Stooges caught but, them early. But thought they were beyond, great. think about it, James. Right, Iggy and the Stooges, Ziggy Stardust and the Spiders from Mars. 
it was it was the obvious where he was coming from. He was ripping it off. He was this sure, what Bowie sure. always Ziggy, does. Ziggy Iggy. That's that's what he was doing. I've never made that connection before. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah, that's where he was. Yeah, Ziggy yeah. Iggy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I love as well actually about um the Iggy Ziggy is that so he loves the Velvets and he loved the Stooges. When yeah. and they never they never sort of crossed over into sort of they never had mainstream success but then he produced Transformer and he produced Lost for Life yeah you know and th- those albums blew up for for Lou Reed and, and, and Iggy Pop so it's like in some yeah. ways like they inspired him to be David Bowie Beyond. and then he inspired them to become you know but that's, what, that's, that's also what I love about your your band but definitely you and, you and Sean have got this thing that you're total as much as you're as much as you're very, very capable rock stars, right? You're nuts about it all as well because you're like you are like little kind of like students of the of the culture as well, which is kind of crazy. But I suppose that's that's all Johnny Marr was, that's all Morrissey was, that's all I was, that's all Bobby was. We were like yeah. we were students of the culture. Do you know what I mean? Mm, I think I think most people I've seen anyway, like like you said, Johnny Marr was. Do you know what I mean? Like a lot of the yeah. Like Bowie was, he was, he knew so much. You know, he tried, he tried to know yeah, so much. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, like all of these people, it's like even the people who seem the most reckless. You know, like again, Iggy Pop. Not to keep talking about the same three people, but I think I heard Iggy Pop. Someone say about Iggy Pop that like you go and see a show and he's like, you know, doing whatever, like bloody bleeding all over the place, stage diving. Yeah. You know someone could get killed here and then yeah. you go backstage and he's got a pair of glasses on and you call him Jim <laughs> and he's reading reading a philosophy book or something you know yeah or like you know studying something you know it's like yeah I, it's I do find it interesting where do you think the band's going to be in five years because I think I know where the five band's going to be in five years where do you think the band's going to be in five years playing arenas did. that's what I actually think Planers. yeah where do you think you'll be that's the goal, man. That's the goal. Yeah. That's yeah. the goal. I think it'll be a big band. 100%. I mean, it's just... Because we've had the belief, ever since I saw you February 2019, I was like, this can happen. Do you know what I mean? And it was only mm. really probably me and you lot that actually thought at that point it could happen. And then now we've had, in the last week, we've had Richard Griffiths, who signed Oasis in America, One Direction's management company. He's been on. Andy Previsa, who's like... You know, you're everybody's press guy. He's been on. Um, they're just they're, they are lining up, man, to tell us. I mean, your manager Peter Katz is that people love this band, and it's kind of crazy. You know, it's like mm. you know, it's it's just it's literally since the last month. I think it's just suddenly people are going, oh, it's going to be big. I'm in. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's amazing, man, isn't it? Yeah, it's crazy, and it is amazing that that going back to. Not too long ago, really. Yeah. Sitting in in Mill Hill or standing in Mill Hill. Yeah. And you coming to the gig. I know. But I can like even said, remember it was, a weird. It was us. I can it remember was, even a weird, of us on our own, like. a weird phone call we shot in about um, January this year, and Sean going, "Oh, is it going to happen?" I might like, keep the faith, Sean. It was just before the second single. And he went, ah, "The boys are like, but well, it's tough for us over here. We might go back." And I went, "Look." It's fine. You've made the contact with me now. If you go to Ireland, 
I'll, I'll you know, like we can do it from Ireland. It'll be okay, you know. What I mean, but but it's better having you in London. The truth, but blah blah blah. And then and then Stansted happened, and then it was like, oh, I think we've got momentum. Do you know what I mean? So um, mm. yeah, because building yeah, pounds yeah, when it came actually. out, it for the very first single. It kind of like came out and it didn't really catch with the media. And then suddenly I looked about a month later and it had 100,000 streams and I was like, oh, the fans actually like it. They've got little fans and they're, they're all streaming it. You know what I mean? Mm. Yeah, it's definitely... It's, it's... Yeah. I know what you mean. It's funny. It's uh, definitely takes... Or it definitely has taken us... Each single has sort of built on the last, I think. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, it was it was funny, and- James. It was funny that when I was speaking to Sean about it, because I reminded Sean about that, and he was going, but the thing is, Mickey, we were never going back. <laughs> and I was like, and I know, I, I know when people are in it for real, right? And you two, and the other boys, give them their credit, they're there in the trenches with you. But you two ain't going back. It's the only thing you can do. So that's why I was like, they ain't going back. Do you know what I mean? And, and that's what Sean mm. said. I didn't even prompt it. He went, we were never going back. <laughs> I was like, no, I know. I know, man. Do you know what? Do you know what? London, like... It's hard. London, 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 in London, feels, yeah. feels the, like the place to be. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you know, when you get the feeling where you're like, I'm in the right place. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you I know. agree. Or the feeling where you're in the wrong place, you know, and I yeah. and I, I think I've I have the feeling now that we're in the right place I for think us at the right time. You, you know being I mean? in London is good because like when we had the meeting with Corda the other day, you know, it's the BGHQ massive it's Corda's a big A and R guy and what a legend actually to be honest. And uh and uh, it's easy just to say, Oh like Corda's moving it, blah blah blah. If you were in Ireland, I'd be like, move the flight, and do you know what I mean? It would be all that, James. And because mm-hmm. you're just like ten miles up the road for me, so like, oh, if it's raining, the meetings. If it's not raining, the meetings on, and that's kind of the basis of that meeting the other day, wasn't it? It's like because we're all sitting out freezing because he's petrified of getting bloody corona. But the meeting happened, and you, do you know, it, it just. But I think as much as you've got the tunes, you've got the words. And you've got the attitude. More than anything, you've got the hustle as well. And anybody listening to this in a little band that's trying to do something, if you don't have that, you ain't going to do it because it's never been tougher. You have to go out there and hustle it, guys. And that's that's the nature of music in 2021, where we're going, you know? Yeah. I think it's uh, an interesting one uh, for the last year or so because a lot of what we loved doing was physically going places mm-hmm. you know like the the classic going to Annie Mac well, Sean meeting Annie Mac this yeah, year yeah, you know well, that's like the well you know I met with Moyles right and Moyles told me that yeah. Sean showed up and, and doorstepped him at half past six in the morning we all did we all did we all did <laughs> <laughs> and he, he goes he's always saying to me how's that how's that band the clockworks you've got do you know what I mean you know Moyles is a good guy that's the bit nobody gets because they just see him as like, oh, that Radio One guy. You know, Miles. Yeah. If I'm DJing like somewhere like up north, north London, you know, Miles will come down and go, all right, what are you up to? He's a dead good guy, nice person. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what we that that uh, we so we heard his show was half six, I think. Yeah, yeah. And so we were trying to work out what time we'd be there and what time we'd have to go. So we worked out that. The first trains go at whatever, like five oh five or something. So yeah, if we yeah. got the very first train, <laughs> we would, and then ran. We should be there f- 
from wherever he was. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? We were trying like, yeah. we had it all mapped out, like trying to minute by minute. Yeah. It ended up being about half an hour early. So we're just standing in the, uh, yeah. in Leicester Square, 29 times for about half an hour. But, yeah. but they've started yeah. playing you, Radio X, as well. They've started playing you, James. Do you yeah. know what I mean? They've Radio X are good. Yeah. Radio X are good. But we, I mean, but what we've got up our sleeve, uh, GHQ Massive, is that the, the Clockworks have done this amazing track, Feel Surreal, which is again a step on for Enough is Enough. Uh, enough is Never Enough. I, I think it's the, it sounds to me like a really big hit like in a big way. And that's why if we do go with a major, it, it's, it's perfect because it's the song. You've got the song right. Do you know what I mean? It could, we, could, we, could, we could get that in the radio everywhere. You know what I mean? That'd be great. Oh, it's just like, it's, so good, man. It's a, it's a, it's a great, great track, you know, um, and uh, just the touring, um, it's like, I mean, great live band. It's just like you must be feeling like, you know, God. Uh, how have you managed? Have you been rehearsing James a lot, or are you just are you, are you only doing one once a week? We rehearse as much as we can. Yeah. Um, and we've tried. We've started. More and more over lockdown, recording like on the, like little demos. Yeah. So me, Sean, and Tom all have like compute little comp- laptops that yeah. we can put um whatever Garage Band or whatever on and a couple yeah. of mics yeah. between us. So we've just been trying to record loads of demos. Yeah. And then rehearse when we can and just sort of write as much as we can really. Yeah, yeah. Just while get it all sort of ready, get it all. Yeah. Yeah, all the stuff that's sort of you know goes on the back burner while you're um gigging yeah. loads and yeah. all your rehearsals are sort of because we love we we love trying to be as tight as we can. Yeah, yeah. Um, that first so we rehearse- rehearsal, that gig that uh, I came and it came, because what happened, GHQ Massive was, I got the message. I'd been in the NME. It's about a year and a half ago. I'd been in the NME and said, just send me an Instagram message. I went and looked at my phone. When after a, a two hours that the, the interview had went live and there was seven hundred messages, right? And I was like, "Oh fucking hell, what have I done?" And uh, so I, I, I was, I just thought that if somebody says something interesting, I'll actually click it, right? And if they don't see anything interesting, I'll just delete it. And I got to your message about eighty in, and Sean goes, "Oh hi, McGee, we're we're across between the we're we're across between punk punk rock, uh, we're I said we're a punk rock version of the streets." And I thought, you baldy little fucker, I bet you it's shit. Click, p- bills and pills. Oh, fuck, it's good. Right, went on went, went on YouTube. Oh, right, kind of cool. All right, contacted him, and Sean's like, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, I said, I want, I'm interested, I'll come and see you. And uh, I'd already worked out, because you can find everything, can't you, on the, on Google and YouTube. And uh, it was like Galway, and I was thinking, right, I'm, and I, at that point I was with Simon, who was a partner in, in the thing at the time, and I said, we're going to Galway next week, we're going to go and see this wee band. And then it comes back, Sean goes, oh, no, you don't need to do that, we're in Mill Hill. And I was like, fucking great. And then we go on up, James, and that was one of the best rehearsals I think I've ever seen, to be honest. And uh, I went up, and you picked me up with, with Sean, and then it was all like, right, okay, you know, and I thought, I was thinking, they look great, the two guys look great, but I said, in my head, I was like, let's just find out if they're dicks or not, do you know what I mean? And you, went, you seemed to be cool, and then you went in to uh, Bills and Pills, and then you played two or three others, I think you played Manager, third or fourth, right? And I was mm. like, 
that's it, I'm fucking going to do it. And I think at that point, you probably thought, he's mad. He's just, he just must do this every day to take the piss out of people. Do you know what I mean? Because you were like looking at me like, are you being serious? Do you know what I mean? And I was like, no, I mean it. I'm going to sign you. And, and, that, and that, was we, a, that was a great start. We we had no idea how how that was going to go or what you were going to say. So yeah, I think yeah. we were like, we were prepared, absolutely prepared for you. To walk out. To walk in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To walk in, listen to Bills and Pills and go, shite, and walk out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Never to be heard of again. You know what I mean? So but anything the, else was kind of a... The bit I'm not telling the, the people in GHQ Massive was... The rehearsal was incredible, right? James performed as if he was playing to Wembley or something like that, as in the arena, another stadium. Absolutely went nuts. And it was just me and Simple Simon watching it. And uh, and like you broke the mic stand. And I was just like, fucking hell, if that's a rehearsal, bring on the fucking gigs. And uh, and that, that was it. You did exactly the right thing to get me because you showed passion. Do you know what I mean? You meant to. Mm. Do you know what I mean? I remember, um, I don't know if, I wonder if you remember this now, but you came to a gig soon after that. Yeah. It was our first gig in London. Was it Windmill? And Windmill, yeah, yeah. Right, yeah, no, because I had just, James, this is even better. I then flew away to, to, to tour Australia and New Zealand for three weeks. And I got back, and I think we talked a little bit online, tiny wee bit. But it was, I was, yeah. we were just both checking that you weren't going to say no, and I wasn't going to say no, but we were all saying yes. And then I got in that Sunday morning from a 24-hour flight, went to bed, crashed for about five hours or four hours, and then, like an absolute fucking zombie, went to the windmill and you blew me away. <laughs> so it must have been something, mate. You know what I mean? Because that's just such a great start. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, man. And that was a good gig, man. I've, I've got some of that gig up on my Instagram, people. If you want to go back to it, it's a... You know, that that was just a gr- at the windmill. And that would be March 2019. Was that your first show ever in London? I, was a, I think that was our first one, yeah. Grace, I saw that. I think that was our first gig. God. We were and, delighted because the windmill was such a, a venue that we yeah. heard, like, loads of London bands play. Yeah. And then I walked we in. I walked in completely off my nut, as in, like, so, so zonked for a 24-hour flight. And, and your mum and dad came up and went, well, we're James's mum and dad. They had come to they had come over for Ireland and see the show. Yeah, see our first gig. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> Absolutely great, man. Yeah. Good night, man. Good but night. I, and, then, and then just filling people in, how it developed and how they got they got themselves going. Um, we did a gig at the Notting Hill Arts Club uh, uh, and uh, we... In, we, we, we put it up that it was a free gig because we realised nobody's going to pay at that point for a Clockwork show because it's just it's an unknown band. But we all put it up on social media and the band hustled 250 or 30 people, I think it was. How many of the Notting Hill Arts Club can get in? It was it was heaving. And in true Clockwork's fashion, they invited every agent in London. The only agent I think that showed up was William Morris and they signed you. Which is kind of mad as well. You got signed by William Morris Agency before you had a record out. Yeah. That's mad. That is mad, isn't it? Yeah, that is mad. 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 And, I, and I'm just I telling these stories, well. James, because to bands that are going, how did they do it? It was a lot of hard work. Mm. They, You know, there's a lot of front, a lot of fucking, a lot of balls to do some of these moves. And he's you, you, actually, you just want it. And that's why it's happening. Do you know what I mean? 
Yeah. Another thing we did in between those two gigs yeah. was um, play a few tiny little support slots yeah. to, to bands who are sort of like, or not even support slots, like those little nights where it's like seven bands on the bill. Yeah, 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 yeah. In, in a dive bar. Yeah. In the middle of nowhere and like three people turn up. Yeah. We did about 10 of those in a few weeks. Yeah, yeah, Maybe yeah. more. Yeah. Just to try and get just literally one, two people at a time. Yeah. And be like completely like no expectations. It's just like, you know, no one's expecting anything from one of those gigs. Yeah. Um, 7 p.m. kind of thing. You know, you're, you're expecting a kind of like new band, kind of fresh, whatever. Yeah. And just trying to pick up a couple of people here and there. Yeah. I started working actually. People sort of, those people, like certain people kind of came up to us afterwards and stuff, which was great. Yeah. And then a lot of those came to Nottingham Arts Club then. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. And that's one of the Which reasons first William hungry. Morris did it because I know them. And they said to me, that's a band with no records out and they just packed 230 people in. I don't care how they got them there, McGee. We're interested. That's what that was the attitude. Once you get it rolling, people want to jump on the train. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's that was, one. That was a great one. And then and then for the final <laughs> latest Clockworks move, you basically phoned me up about six weeks or two months ago and went, McGee, we've got a manager. Because uh, kind of me, Sean and James had been kind of managing the band, but I actually am the record company. I'm not the manager. And and the boys are the boys. They're, they're the songwriters and the, the musicians. But, but we'd all been doing it kind of okay between us. And they went, oh, we've got a manager. And I'd, you'd nearly added a couple of people before. And I'd always thought, no, you need a real manager. Don't get a fucking idiot. And he went, all right, okay. And then he was like, oh, we've got Morrissey and Blink-182's manager. And I was like, that's a manager. (laughs) (laughs) That's a real manager. Well done. He might do something for you, James. Do you know what I mean? He might do something for you. So it's been some some year and a half, man. Incredible, really. It's been mad. Yeah, it's been great. Yeah. It's been great. We're grateful. And, um... Like, obviously, everything kind of went live gig wise. Obviously, it all went to shit yeah. this year, but do you know, it's we like you, you and us have powered through. Yeah, do you know what I mean, but we just kept go- like, we just we just kept going, had out a few songs, but yeah. But, but the thing is, with the clockworks, it's like initially, do you remember you were telling me, oh, Jeff Travis was he interested or whatever, fucking you know, guy was he interested? And I'm like, fuck them, let's just put records out, and it worked because people like the band, the fucking people that are. The hundred and what sixty five thousand people that like you know like working bills and pills and the, the hundred fifty thousand people that like Stansted. It's like that's real people that they're not in the music business. They just like the tune, and that's that's mm. that's what this band's about, and that's why it's going to be a good band, you know. Yeah. Anyway, enough of me yeah. having a rant. Um, listen, that's, we're going to play yeah, a couple of your tunes, James. And uh, is, there, is there anything else you want to impart like, before I, I let you go? It's just a short interview. Words of wisdom. Yeah. Um, don't give in. One thing, though. One thing. One thing I would say, actually. Yeah. Just to, because um, one thing that I people used to always say, I used to always hear like people if they were given advice, um, when someone goes like, "What would you say to a new band?" And like a lot of them would say, "Keep, keep writing." Yeah, I never kind of knew what they meant because I was always like, well, you know, it never kind of sort of made sense why people, what that, the significance of that. And I think it's actually a great point because I think it's easy to get sort of in in line with what you said with like, it's easy to get caught up in chasing 
specific like industry or media people and stuff yeah man and lose track of actually writing songs yeah you know what i mean i'm writing good songs trying to write great songs that real people will listen to lose track of like fucking reality because a lot of bands are like oh yeah this is coming this guy's coming down that guy's coming down fuck them just get the music right if you get the music right it comes to you anyway do you know what i mean yeah so it's like there is you do you do have the have to work like you said like hustling everything but yeah you also have to get the music track of yeah. of reality as well you have to get the music right every time all right james yeah. and that's listen. something that just came to me yeah, yeah. That's something that i just finally sort of yeah. kind of clicked to me i was like oh that's what they mean what's it i said i'm around i'm going to go down to wales uh i think in the 24th or the 23rd but if you and sean want to come for a walk along the river uh, and get a cup of tea in the next week or something contact us and i'll meet up with you all right cool all right, Sweet, all right boy see you soon bye hey, thanks bro. for doing it bye bye Take care, thank bye. you bye, bye. That was an amazing interview by uh, by James. Uh, you know, such a good guy. And uh, this is the last Clockwork single. This is the one that's getting all the attention. This is enough is never enough.
You have been listening to GHQ Radio, presented by Alan McGee, with his guest, James McGregor of Clockworks. Recorded and mixed by Gary Salter, with additional production from Jason Alday and Brian Anderson. GHQ Radio is recorded for GHQ Magazine. GHQ Radio. Find us at ghqmagazine.com.